Hey, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of So Shoots the Ship. I spent last week in Orlando and I had a pretty good time. I went to Podfest, which was sponsored by Buzzsprout. Shout out to Buzzsprout for hosting my podcast and getting me to this amazing conference. Although, I feel like, if I'm being honest, amazing conference is probably overkill. Like, I think it was solid, and I definitely learned a lot while I was there. I got a chance to meet some people, learn about some different equipment, learn about um, certain resources that are available to people doing podcasts, and I'm hoping to implement some of that into my own podcast to give you guys a better quality, give you guys a, a much better product overall. So my goal now is to have an episode out every week on Wednesdays. I'm not sure exactly what time I want to release them on Wednesdays, but um, the podcast was, um, it was nice. Definitely got a chance to meet a lot of people. It cost about $300, but Buzzsprout sponsored me to go to attend this conference, um, this multimedia expo. And... I will say that I didn't feel like the conference was worth $300. I feel like it was worth something, but I don't know if it was $300. And it might just be that most of the people who attended this conference had much more disposable income than I did. And that, that's probably what the issue is. Like They had a lot more money to begin with than me. And so the $300 to them was nothing. Like Most of the people that I met were like real estate agents or coaches of some sort and they typically just had a lot more to begin with you know one of the guys was talking about he managed a 17 billion dollar um marketing budget and i'm like 17 billion i might not even have 17 dollars in my bank account right now so there's clearly a a gap between me and many of the other people that were attending this conference. However, there was still some information that would apply universally to everybody. But if I was to do it over, I would definitely recommend to them having information, having more resources available for people who don't have these massive budgets. You know, and not everybody can spend $5,000 to have a studio level equipment in their house. Not everybody can spend $2,000 a month for advertising to promote their podcast to get their name out there. Um, like one of the guys was talking about, you know, spending a couple grand, which in his words was a nominal fee, you know, for Facebook advertising. And, you know, if I had that kind of money to throw around like that. I don't even know if I'd be doing podcasting, to be honest with you. I mean, I might, but I, I don't know. Like A lot of the people that were there, what they were doing was an extension of their job. Now, there were some people there that were doing something that they just felt very passionate about, something that they found very fun, very interesting. But I would say the majority of people that I met, they were there... And their podcast was basically a way for them to generate additional income for their, quote, regular job. Whether it was, you know, flipping houses 
or um, giving legal advice, different things like that. There were a few that, um, because they've had some sort of experience in their life that was particularly traumatic, like one of the guys was the last person to get off of the plane that crashed the Hudson River some years ago. So he was invited to a lot of podcasts and he had a chance to see how he liked it, what he didn't like about it. And from there, he was able to launch his own podcast. But for a lot of the other people there, it's like, wow, you guys are loaded to begin with. You know, like, we're the regular people. Um, one of the questions I remember being asked, but that was asked to one of the panels that I attended, um, what do you do if you don't have this type of budget available to you? You know, if you um, don't have a thousand dollars you can spend every month for advertising, like how do you get your name out there? How do you promote yourself and promote your cast? I feel like that was one of the best questions that I heard the entire week. Um, and the response was pretty informative for me. A lot of it was about getting on to other people's podcasts and um, being a very good guest we had the opportunity to be on someone else's podcast. And that sort of information to me is valuable because it can work regardless of how much money you have at your disposal. And being a good guest and using that kind of thing to promote yourself and also promote whoever you're guesting on and vice versa, you know, having guests on your show, giving them a chance to promote themselves and then, you know, a little bit of cross promotion that way. And Orlando was was pretty nice. The flight there and the flight back was all right. Like I had the entire road to myself on the airplane, which is pretty nice, you know. Um, on the way back was not quite as good. There was um, like a high school soccer team or something like that, and they couldn't help but be high schoolers. So I don't fault them. You know, that's part of their job of being in high school is to do high school shit. But, oh my God, I just wish they would shut the fuck up. But the chaperones were there doing, I guess, what chaperones do, you know, drinking during the day and that kind of stuff. Orlando itself was, it was nice. I mean, the weather almost didn't feel like there was weather. It felt almost like you're being indoors. You know, it wasn't hot. It wasn't cold. The sun was shining, but it didn't feel like sweltering heat. There wasn't any rain. You know, there's a couple clouds here and there, but it literally just felt like just nothing there almost, you know. And I enjoyed that a lot, you know. I thought it was interesting to me, though, that a lot of the people that were there were tourists. You know, the I said at the Orlando the Wyndham in Orlando International. It was basically in the heart of the tourist part of Orlando. So the people that were around whenever I was walking to restaurants or to do whatever activities, uh, most of the people there were not from Orlando. You know, you had people from across the world visiting Orlando with their children or their loved ones. And there weren't a whole lot of black people and the few that were there were definitely not like hood nigga type people. And 
part of that was, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I can, I can get behind this. You know, it, I felt very, very black walking down the street. And I, I liked it, you know. I, I didn't feel um, black as in this is a bad thing. It felt like this is amazing. You know, like, I'm almost a unicorn here. There were not a lot of us down there. And it seemed like the ones who were down there were a little bit more well-to-do, a little bit more well-rounded, people who have had a few more experiences, a little bit more culture added to them. And I really enjoyed that kind of company. So there are a lot of people from um, Venezuela and other brown countries that are not black. And two of my Uber drivers were Venezuelan. And I talked to them a little bit about you know, why they decided to come here to Orlando. And a big part of it is like some of the issues that they were having in Venezuela, like the power being out for weeks at a time. And honestly, I, I consider moving when I have the power go out for a couple hours. So I can't really imagine how someone could really hang in there, you know, when you have the power being out for so long. And... I can understand wanting to move here. You know, most of them moved with their families and they were just looking for a better life. So I can appreciate people coming here to have a better life and not really want to uh, to suffer through some of the things that they were going through in Venezuela, you know. And um, over the, the past week, I, I got a brand new mic, uh, a Blue Yeti. Uh, shout out to... Happy do for the recommendation. And I'm really digging this mic and I'm liking it a whole lot. It's been pretty good so far. I'm looking forward to seeing what it can really do. I when I first started the podcast, I did not buy equipment in large part because I didn't want to sink so much money in up front and then not enjoy podcasting and not want to continue doing it. Then having all this gear, all this equipment that, while I could sell it, I'm 100% sure I will not get back everything that I put into it. So I wanted to wait a while to make sure that I was really going to be doing this, really going to be diving into this type of thing. So I hesitated to buy the equipment, but now I've got a Blue Yeti that's actually blue, and I love the color. It's a very sleek design. It feels very professional, you know? So, appreciate uh, Happy Do for giving me the info, the recommendation. And um, one other shout out before I kind of get into some of the the meat. The, one of my Uber drivers, Add In Jewels, um, link will be in the description on Instagram. I talked to her for a little while, and she was considering doing podcasts. She'd been wanting to do it for years, but just hadn't really um, taken that step to to get into it. So I want to encourage her to do it. And anybody else that's considering doing something but just hasn't really taken that plunge, life is short. And when people have regrets at the end of their life, they regret not doing things. They don't really regret the things that they actually decided to do. So if you're 
considering doing podcasts, you're considering doing music, you're considering doing art, whatever the case may be, just do it. Just jump right in, dive right in, and enjoy it. You know, you only get one shot at this thing that we call life, so fuck it up. So, in the past um, couple weeks, we've seen Russell Westbrook uh, really be antagonized by so-called fans. And the interesting thing is, it's um, unprovoked. Like, he's literally just standing there doing his thing, enjoying being an athlete, and providing a service to us, the fans, and entertainment and it's crazy how he's literally just standing there and people are antagonizing him. So we had a kid who hit him a couple of weeks ago and he kind of reprimanded the kid and the kid's father. Like, hey, I'm a human being. Just because I'm here, I'm not here for you to touch. I'm not here for you to pet. Whether or not the kid actually presented a legitimate physical threat is irrelevant. The point is... He's an athlete. He's not an animal. And um, a few days ago, today being March the 14th, 2019, Russell Westbrook was told to get on his knees because that's where he's used to being. And the man who said that, um, he claims that he just said it's ice knees, but... There are reports that people who were also in the crowd around when this happened confirmed that he really said, you know, hey, get on your knees, that's where you're used to being, and that his um, female companion, it's unclear if it's his wife or girlfriend, mistress or his sister or whatever, also seemed to uh, get a kick out of this. A video resurfaced recently of a man calling Westbrook a boy. Westbrook responds like, hey, don't do that. And then the man does it again. And through all of this, there's only this most recent incident where he was told to get on his knees where he retaliated in a negative way. In the previous incidents, he had gotten someone else to uh, take care of the situation for him because that's their job. Or he respectfully talks to the kids, you know. So Rustbrook was fined $25,000 by the NBA for using foul language and um, directing a threat towards the fans. You know, he said, I'll fuck you up. Um, referring to both the man who initially said it and to his female companion. And the crazy part about it to me is that He's not bothering anybody. And it's just people who have money. Because we all know that floor seats or the seats close to the floor cost much more than the seats in the middle and the nosebleeds. Not necessarily more than Skybox, but these are not cheap seats, typically. And for these people who have a little bit of money to feel so entitled to talk bad about someone who's not bothering them in any way, who feel entitled that um, somehow this person is more or less just an animal, 
They're only here for my enjoyment. It's unfortunate. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the video that surfaced a couple weeks ago where these white kids were applying to school. One of the women in the video said, you know, it's okay um, for black people to play basketball. Like, that's what we pay them for. And it really speaks to this idea that when black people become athletes, that they are there strictly from our enjoyment, that they're no longer human beings. They're more so part of a zoo. Like they're there just for us to look at, for us to gawk at, for us to awe, and occasionally for us to pet. And this type of mentality has been in our society for centuries. I mean, it's not like um, slavery was that long ago. And while we have, in some ways, moved past slavery, when we look at how players are drafted, when we look at how players are treated in these professional athletic leagues, it is not unlike a slave auction. And then when we have people who feel entitled to mistreat someone else simply because of their profession, you really get to see that this idea of slave and slave master is not so far-fetched. And I hate that that's what it's come to. I hate that there's so many people who just feel that this is okay. And when you see this child and what he did, he didn't get that idea out of nowhere. That, that's the type of thing that a child is taught. And so for a child to be taught that at such a young age, and we wonder, like, why do we still have problems with race and race relations in 2019? Because people are being taught that other people are somehow less than them. They're not taught to treat everyone with respect. They're not taught to treat everyone as though their life matters. They're taught, oh, this person is here for your pleasure. This person is here for your enjoyment, for your entertainment. Do with them as you please. And that, that's the unfortunate truth of it all. And when we see this type of thing happen to Westbrook, and I imagine that it's happened to others, it's just we haven't had as much of it um, recorded in recent history, that him and his own human nature, when he responds to this type of thing, like, I don't know if you guys remember... Um, years ago, when uh, World Meta got upset, you know, ran up in the stands because someone had thrown um, a drink at him, you know, like somehow these athletes are expected to act at a different level from the rest of us. Like they're not expected to retaliate. And well, I understand that's part of their contract. And the $25,000, uh, I'm sure he's not really hurting for that. And I understand that you have to do something. You can't allow your your players to respond in that type of manner. And I think it's also great that the arena decided to ban this person from their venue uh, henceforth. Because they're like, hey, we understand that these players are professionals as part of their job. 
And so the league punishes Westbrook as they should have because he did step out of line. Even if his actions were justified, there's he has a contract. You know, part of what he's supposed to be doing is not harassing the fans. So the arena itself was like, hey, we don't want to condone this type of behavior. We don't want to support it. We don't want to be affiliated with any type of way. You're gone. You cannot come back. I think that's great. That's fantastic. It's not going to stop him from watching basketball, per se, but it will at least stop him from watching it um, courtside at the arena. So good for you, Utah Jazz, and your um, arena. That's fantastic. It's unfortunate that we have people who decide to take this type of action, who decide that they're allowed to just say whatever they want to all willy-nilly with no consequence, and I'm glad that they receive some consequence. And while it's unfortunate for Westbrook, I imagine that he'll be a little bit more careful in his response going forward. And I wonder if this would have even gotten as much attention, though, if he had not responded. Because the video clip that came out from this most recent incident was basically just of him responding. The entire story was not captured um, or recorded. So I I wonder if it would have gotten the same attention if he had just said nothing and nothing would have been, you know, recorded. It's um it's unclear how that would have played out. But um I'm happy with the way that it um played out and I'm glad that he was able to, you know, speak his mind and you know, he him being in the, the limelight recently, you know, someone who's already kind of uh, a little eccentric and a little bit out there. Not quite Dennis Rodman level, but compared to a lot of the other players, he's, he's a little bit out there. Um, but going forward, could you, could you guys please, please, I, I know it's probably asking a lot, but just leave Russell Westbrook alone. Like, he don't mean nobody any harm, and y'all keep her bothering him, keep harassing him. Just, just leave the man alone. He just wants to play some basketball, you know. Um... So we had this other incident when we're talking about entitlement. We had a scandal that's been uncovered of roughly 50 colleges, coaches, uh, college prep organizations um, being uh, paid bribes and accepting those bribes to basically get the kids of these very well-to-do, rich, wealthy families into schools. So you had college prep organizations that were paid to take tests for different students, and you had coaches who were paid to accept students as part of the team, despite the students not having any type of athletic ability. And the crazy part is, I was under the impression that rich people paid to have their kids go to school. However, I was also under the impression that this was usually through some ridiculous donation. So rather than paying a specific um, coach or a college prep um, organization, I, I was under the impression that you just donated someone into the school and then they let your kid in and your kid could run amok. So I, I maybe the movies and the TV shows that I've watched were incorrect and you, you don't actually just give a donation to the school. You have to 
find some backdoor means to get your child into this school. And the crazy part is I don't feel like these kids, even if they were to get in, which it seems unlikely that they will at this point, I, I don't know if they um, would have taken college seriously. When you have parents who have this type of money where they can you know, spend $500,000 to get you into school, um, like how easy is it for you to not really care? Like how easy is it for you to not really want to work hard? Because you don't have to work hard. Um, the way that regular middle class people and people who are slightly below middle class have to work is not the same as people who have to work when they're very well off. Like their children are given so much and asked so little of. It's, it's no wonder that they struggle to get into college on their own merit. It's no wonder that they have a hard time respecting um, what it means to actually have like a worth work ethic, what it means to actually, you know, put some work in to reach a certain goal so they don't have to work hard. Like, why would I want to start working hard if I know that I'm going to be fed, I'm going to always have a place to stay, and when my parents die, I'll have plenty of money and I'll be straight. Like, like, there's not enough incentive for a lot of people to want to put in that type of effort. And then we have parents who are willing to do that work for you. So instead of, hey, I'm going to give you the resources that you need to succeed, and now go be a productive person you know, in our society. It says, like, well, I'll do all the work for you. And you just go out there and look good, so to speak. Like, there's even less incentive for someone to want to work hard when you have parents that are willing to do all that for you. And that that's the, the travesty of all of it to me, is that you want this kid to go to school so they can make some of themselves, but... You're taking all of the work from them. So how can they truly appreciate something they don't have to ever work for it? And then you have basically like a slap in the face for all these people who really struggle to get from high school to college. People who have had um, so many other obstacles to overcome are, you know, scraping by trying to make it. And here you are essentially buying entrance into uh, this organization that a lot of people have put so much blood, sweat, and tears into getting for their children, you know? And most of them, their children have to work, whether it's academically, whether it's athletically, whatever the case is, like, getting into college is no easy feat. And for a lot of people, it's just like, it's hard. And for someone to basically say, eh, I don't want my kid to have to work hard at all. Here, we'll, we'll just slide you in. On the flip side, though, if I had those type of resources at my disposal, would I do that same type of thing for my child? I don't know. It's hard for me to really answer that question because I don't have those type of resources available to me. But I imagine that I would want to make life as easy as possible for my children, but I don't think I want to remove any type of work from them. And that's really what's the kicker here, is that you're taking away 
chance for your child to work towards something. And I don't think I would want to do that. Like, I would definitely want to make sure that they have everything that they could possibly need to be successful. But taking away the fact that they have to work for it basically means that they won't be successful in the future. Because once you, the person who has the money, is gone, if they don't know how to work beforehand, like, what are they going to do with that money? Like, it's, it's as good as gone. Like, a family fortune can be spent in a generation, you know? Like, one kid can blow that thing easily. You know, if they don't have any type of responsibility, any type of discipline, any type of work ethic, you can kiss that money goodbye. And I don't think that putting your kid in college is necessarily going to make them all of a sudden develop responsibility or develop discipline or a work ethic. That kind of thing, they've got to have that long before they get to college or it's, it's, it's over with. Like, no one goes to college and someone becomes, like, a brand new person. It's like, whoever you were before you got there, that's who you will be once you get there. The difference is college tends to bring out some of those deeper things that were might have been hidden, might have been suppressed because of the environment you're in. But people don't really go to college and just become brand new people. It's more just whatever was already there just kind of slides out to the surface a little bit. So it's... um. It's unfortunate that this is happening, and then you've got these big name people who are have been arrested, and it's like, wow, wow. I feel like there just had to be better ways, more efficient ways. If you're going the route of cheating to get your kid into college, I feel like there's just got to be better ways to do it than um, bribing so many different people. You know, I, I really just thought it would just pay the school itself. You know, with some insane donation, you know. Um, and then just like, yeah, okay, cool, bring your kid in, like, whatever. You gave us enough money that we're willing to overlook their terrible grades and all this kind of thing, so. Um, sucks to suck. I hope that um, whatever jail time they get, or don't get, which is more likely, um, at least having this scandal will kind of make them think twice about uh, cheating to put their kid through school, whatever, you know. Um, so my mom uh, invited me to, well, I use the term invite loosely. It's more like uh, aggressively requested my presence at her birthday dinner party um, next month. And she's turning 16, so I'm excited about that. And, you know, she's the only mom I got, so I love her and looking forward to this dinner party and seeing what that's about. Um, I'm actually hoping to bring her on the cast, you know, to talk about turning 60. So you guys uh, check that out in the coming weeks. And you all have a good weekend.